But it is a joy to be in church and to be asked to come and minister tonight. And I had told the pastor that um, I was going to share a message that went along with his his series to stay in line with it. But when I started praying about that message and about what I might share tonight, I'm not any doubt in my mind the Lord changed me to the thought I'm going to preach about tonight. It's different. It's sort of unusual. And, um, but evidently the Lord has a word in this that he wants to tell all of us or some of us or one of us. And we need to listen so that we will catch that word God wants to say to us. See, everything that's said every time a minister preaches, not always all of it is just for you. But there is something for you. God sees to it that there is something for each one of us. I'll be reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, from verses 18 and 19. And I will read first from the King James, and then I'll read from the NIV. Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 18 and 19, There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four, which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. The NIV said there are three things that are too amazing for me, four that I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship in the high seas, and the way of a man with a maiden. My thought tonight is the way of an eagle. Now, I don't know how many sermons I've preached about the eagle. The eagle is an interesting bird to study about. And there is a tremendous amount of material that you can collect and study about an eagle. And so this is just another one in line of all of those that I have preached the way of an eagle. Here in this passage of scripture, in this text, four things are referred to as being full of wonder, being amazing. Most Bible scholars agree that what these four things have in common is that they leave no trace of their presence. I disagree with that to an extent. But the Bible scholars agree with each other that they leave no trace of their presence. And I understand what they're saying, but I believe there is even a deeper meaning here that can be taken out of all four of these things, but I will not deal with all four of them. Time would not permit that. This passage also has to do with reproduction in it, as well as leaving no trace. The way of an eagle in the air, he said. The way of an eagle in the air. They mate at a 5,000 foot free fall, they fly high enough to mate before they hit the ground and kill themselves. The way of a snake on a rock, they cannot mate until its reproductive organs are warmed up. And they do that resting on the rock unless they live in South Arkansas or South Mississippi. Then they have to lay in the sun. The way of a ship. The ship makes a maiden voyage 
but it doesn't leave any sign of where it's been after it's been there. In the way of a man with a maiden, this is obvious reference to reproduction. Now there's a lesson I want us to learn, and the lesson is this in a few words. If you don't fly high enough, you cannot reproduce. If you don't fly high enough spiritually, you cannot reproduce. That's the lesson I want us to learn tonight because I believe with all of my heart Jesus is coming soon. And I believe with all of my heart that our business as grown Christians, we are to be about winning the lost at any cost. That we're to reproduce ourselves. We're not to be satisfied with the status quo. We're not to be satisfied with me and mine and no more. We are to reproduce ourselves as many times as is possible by the grace of God. And I believe the church as a whole tonight, from my vantage point, has gotten really slack about their praying and their witnessing and their seeking God in causing others to become believers and others to become Christians. I got, I got tickled this morning, Kristen standing beside me, and, and when Danny had the baby dedication, well, all of a sudden she, di- she discovered there was a person standing up there whom she had witnessed to every day at um, where she worked at, tell me, Beefstro. She had witnessed to this person every time she waited on them about the Lord and about coming to church. And all of a sudden, she discovered the person standing right in front of her. She starts crying. I don't know what's wrong with her. At a baby dedication, she goes to crying like, you know, there's a great move of the Spirit. And she said, Papa, Papa. said, you see that man up there? said, has he been coming to church? I said, I have no idea. First time I seen him, I guess. She said, no, no, it couldn't be. She said, that's the fellow that I witnessed to him so many times when I was waiting on him. She said, I talked to him about the Lord and said, I'm so excited to see him in church today. Well, that's what should happen, right? With all of us about our living for the Lord. Now, as I said, I'm not going to deal with all of these, but I'm going to deal with this one, the way of the eagle. Growing in Christ. The answer is growing in Christ. There is no three easy steps to growing in Christ. There is no ten easy steps to growing in Christ. You can get all of those, but there is no easy way of growing in Christ. There is no simple step-by-step plan to growing in Christ. To grow in Christ, one has to get in the Word and has to get on their knees. That's the only way to grow in Christ. And you have to grow in the Lord in order to win people to the Lord. You have to have a burning desire and passion for the Lord to have a passion for other people. People get on your nerves. People bother you. And as long as they're bothering you and getting on your nerves, you're not going to win them to the Lord because you're not going to have compassion for them. So in order to reach that point that you're able to have compassion on the lost, you have to have a prayer life and you have to have a, be a student of the word. The answer is wrapped up in one word. And that is desire. One word and that is desire. It's impossible to stop the flood tide of desire. If you have desire about something strong enough, sooner or later you'll fulfill its purpose. 
And that is what has to happen within our church world today is that the level of our desire to win souls has to rise to a new level. It has to rise to that place to where we're like Jeremiah who said I'm not going to tell them anymore. They won't listen to me. But he said I guess I'll continue because it's like a fire that shut up in my bones and it burns and how can I remain in my place? I will have to tell them anyway. Now Jeremiah preached 50 years and never won the first convert. But he was faithful. And God told him, said, their blood will be required at their hand because you preached to them, because you told them. Desire has to rise in us. Desire will take you higher in God from where you are now, no matter what level you're at. If you want to put it on levels, desire will take you higher in God. You have to have a desire for the Lord. You have to have a strong desire for the Lord in order to go any further. The eagle is known for its ability to soar higher. It will soar higher and higher and higher. If we don't fly high enough in our spiritual walk, we will not see our loved ones saved. We will not see our children saved. We will not see anyone saved because we're too low to the ground. We've got to soar in order to see them come up, in order to see them come along. We have to soar like the eagle spiritually. If we don't go high enough in God, we cannot reproduce in his kingdom. We have to get high enough to reproduce. And how is that? We have to get higher than anybody else. We have to get spiritually higher than anybody else in order to reproduce ourselves in the kingdom of God. We cannot reproduce on the tree limb of life. Young people hadn't heard that phrase before probably. as a phrase in my younger days. You can't hang out on a tree limb of life and get the job done. You have to do something beyond that. There must come that time in our life when we must pray up to the point we are soaring upward. We're soaring upward. We're soaring beyond where we are. My mom would say, pray through. And what they meant by praying through is, you pray until the power comes down and lifts you up. And you are able to soar higher and higher in your spirit and in your desire and in your heart compassion for God. The direction of the Lord is upward, not downward. God lifts us up, not down. God picks us up, not down. God wants us to fly high, not low. Hallelujah. When we talk about consecration, we must talk about going higher in the Lord. We become powerful when we determine I refuse to stay where I'm at. How many refuse to stay where you are? I refuse to stay where I'm at. I have to, I, I have to purpose that in my life every day. I have to purpose in my heart that I'm not going to stay spiritually where I'm at. Now, I pray for my children every day. I pray for my grandchildren every day. I pray for my great-grandchildren every day. I pray for all the in-laws. I call them by name. I pray for them individually. And everything that I think about that, that may be happening in their life or not happening in their life, I pray about it. Now there's two of them, there's girls, the grandgirls, granddaughters, whatever. I pray different than I do the rest of them. You say, why? Well, for one thing, they're both in college. And they're both single. They have to have prayer. They have to have the garden angel. 
circling them all the time. And then Christian had to go off and be in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee. That takes extra prayer. <laughs> Amen. Surround them, God. Draw a circle around them. Let the angels encircle them. Keep a globe on them. Put them in a, put them in a, a framework that, that the enemy can't get into. I don't want to pray the enemy out. I want to keep him out. That's what you have to do and I have to do for our children and in our society and in our world. I don't pray for the great-grandkids the same. When I call one of them name in prayer, there are certain things that cops in my mind. And when it does, that's the way I pray for them. The next one, when I say his name or her name, there's something else pops in my mind. I pray for them different. Why are you telling us this? Because that is what you have to do in this church to get your children and your grandchildren saved and under the hand of God Almighty. It won't happen just because we show up. It won't happen just because we have a good song program. It won't happen because we have good sermons. It will happen because we pray them out of the hand of the enemy into the hand of God. And we have to soar high. We have to pick ourselves up. The eagle in the air. The mystery is it finds its reproductive possibility in the fact that it flies higher and higher. That's the spirit that must get into you and me in our work for the kingdom of God. We must, fly, we must fly higher and higher and higher. There comes a time in your walk with God, you're no longer children. You're no longer eaglets in the nest with a soft cushion. You've gotten grown. It's time to fly. Not next week, not next month, not next year. It's time to fly now. There's serious things going on in our world right now. So much of the Bible has been fulfilled and we could, we could see the kingdom of God come before we go out of the house tonight. But if we don't see the kingdom of God come before we go out of the house tonight, if we hang around much longer, we're going to see things and signs from heaven we never thought possible. And God said he would give us signs and wonders that tells us what's taking place. And so we have to become eagles that soar, spiritually speaking, into the kingdom of God. You know, an eagle's bed nest where he has his little ones is a soft cushion in it. But the nest itself is pretty rough. When he gets ready for his little ones to get out, they don't want to leave. They ain't satisfied with being fed right there. Y'all ahead of me, aren't you? That's how we are at the church. We don't want to have our nest upset. We satisfied. Preach, preacher. Make us happy. We satisfied. Feed us. I want y'all to... I want y'all to get in blah, 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 blah. But no, said, I don't feel like that. Said, just feed me. That's what eaglets do. They're just satisfied. But one day, mama says, this is not going to work. You're getting out of the nest. You don't think you are, but you're getting out of the nest. And God will do us the same way if we mess around long enough. He'll bring thorns and put in the nest and take all the cushion out. Now they had to set on thorns and thistles. And while they crawl out on the rock or whatever they're in, out on a limb to get away from them thorns. 
If they stay there too long, she'll push them off. God is saying to you and I as spiritual beings, we cannot stay there. We cannot rest there. We cannot remain in the same position day in and day out. We have got to move. We've got to climb higher. And we climb higher by getting spiritual. And our spirituality comes from prayer and from study of the word and crying in the altar of God. Not necessarily this altar. It may be in your living room. It may be in your closet. It may be in your bathroom. It may be in your bedroom at home. Wherever it's at, you're going to have to cry for the souls that you care about. They don't come easy. It's work. It takes work to do it. The fat soul loathes the honeycomb. The hungry one will desire it with all of his heart. Let no child, I say this with all of my being, let no child grow up in this church that doesn't know and experience and feel and understand the spirit and the power of God Almighty. I pray God let no one come through these doors and go out these doors that can't say I know there must be a real power of God. That only happens because we who are healthy spiritually pray and stay in touch with God with all of our heart and with all of our soul. Hunger is the key. What's the key? Hunger. Job said, does the eagle soar at your command and build his nest on high? No. He does it at his own command. He don't wait on anyone. He dwells on a cliff and stays there at night. Rocky Craig is his stronghold. From there he seeks out his food. His eyes detect it from afar. His young ones feast on blood and where the slain are, there is he. Whosoever the, wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. If you have a gift and a calling from God, and everybody does, you will never be happy as an average Christian. You will never be happy as an average church member. You will never be happy to just sit on the pew. You will never be happy just to enjoy the music. You will want to do something, whether it's inside or outside the church, you will want to do something that brings glory and honor to God Almighty. Can I get an amen in this house? We must rise to a new level, church, to see the things done that God wants us to see done. You must rise up and fly. You're not a grounded eagle. You ever studied eagles? An eagle's defense is also his offense. Trim his wings and set him on the ground and he cannot walk or run, much less fly. He's grounded. He don't have no ability. He can't do anything to defend himself. He was not made to live with chickens. Read a little story one time about the eagle's egg got hatched with the biddies. And as the old hen scratched and dug bugs up for him in the barnyard and everything, the old eagle he ate. And one day he saw something soaring in the sky high, lifted up. He got this feeling, I'd like to do that. But he's in the barnyard, grounded. He didn't know he could fly. 
and sore. Until one day he tried it. Found out he actually had that ability too. He could actually soar himself and fly himself. Let me tell you about chickens. I love eggs, so I'm not against chickens. But let me tell you about chickens. You young people, y'all will love this to death. I know you will. A chicken is happy walking around in the barnyard looking for bugs. Chicken is happy walking around the barnyard looking for worms. In the mud, in the manure, cow pads, whatever. Happens to be in the barnyard. They're happy scratching in the junk looking for a worm, looking for a bug. That's where a lot of church members are. Just scratching around in the barnyard among the manure. I'm about to preach. Y'all not very excited, but I'm about to preach. I can get by with it. I'm old. I studied about this and little story, and I thought to myself a long time ago, I don't intend to spend much time in the barnyard with my spiritual life. I don't have any intention of being a chicken. I'm going to soar spiritually. I'm not going to eat bugs. I'm not going to scratch among the manure. I'm climbing higher. I'm going to get up there where the fresh things are. Did you know an eagle don't wait on roadkill? Possums wait on roadkill. Crows wait on roadkill. Coons. All kind of things, but eagles don't wait on roadkill. They get so high until they can see anything move for, for a long distance. They'll fold their wings, and even though it's a mouse on the ground, he comes straight down as fast as his body will carry him through the air. It is amazing and it is frightening all at the same time because you know how close he's coming to the ground and yet pull out of it. Many of you men have been over at Real Foot and, and Darlene and I, we, we used to fish a lot over there but it's got less and less and less and less. And those bald eagles come in over there and they will... Soar around looking for a fish. We're trying to catch a fish. We got our hook under the water, Wendell. We got a worm on it. We jigging it. Nothing won't bite. We're just busy after a fish, after a nice crappie. All of a sudden, this eagle will come down. Wow! When he comes up out of there and gets his wings again, he got a fish in his claw. How come I didn't get that fish? I got so aggravated at one one day until I, I started trying to bet my boat over there where he landed on a limb, see if I could take him away, but I didn't have a single crappie. He had a big old slab. What are you saying? I'm saying as Christians, we're not to live among the chickens. We're not to live in the barnyard. We're not to scratch for our food. We're to soar. We're to climb higher and higher until we feel the touch of Almighty God in our heart and soul until we can feel the fire of the Holy Spirit moving upon our children though they are not nowhere close. 
you ain't got a boy or you don't have a girl or you don't have an aunt or you don't have an uncle or you don't have nobody in your life that your prayer can't reach. They can't stop it. They have no power over it. The devil can't stop it. He don't have no power over it. It's between you and God and your praying. As I told you some time ago, there's a few things you can do that nobody can stop you, not even the government. I've gotten so sick of the government lately putting a cloth over the heads of all those guys out there on that mountain so mighty nobody could drive by on the high side and look at them poor old fellas. They're in the rocks. That's pitiful. That's just pitiful. I mean, I mean, how far down in the dumps can we go? Trying to stir up the American people. We ought to be stirred up enough already. That's what God tries to do with us. Stir us up. I mean, let's don't get stupid in our process of living for God. Let's get richly minded and spiritually minded and move higher for the kingdom of God. Give him praise in this house. I don't want to just celebrate the souls you win. I didn't say I wouldn't celebrate the souls you win. I said I don't want to just celebrate the souls you win. I want to win myself. I want one in my account. I want to be able to say that one. I won that one. Now, it embarrasses me when people do this, but a lady today at, at, the, at, the, at the restaurant said, Brother Rigney said, have you ever stopped and thought about all of the ministers that come out of that church under your ministry like me and my husband did? And I hadn't seen them in a long, long time. It always embarrasses me when they talk about it. But at the same time, and, 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 and the fact was, I wasn't trying to do that exactly. That wasn't my point, is seeing how many preachers I could get into the ministry. It was just part of my heart of growing for God. And what I'm saying to us at Pathway tonight, we can't never forget from where we come from and we can't forget that we're going forward, not backwards. We're going upward and not downward. We're to be powerful in the power and the presence of Almighty God. You who go after God are confessing a mystery. It's a mystery. I listen to, I listen to him a lot and I can't even pronounce his name half the time. That won't even come to my mind. It's there, but it won't come out my tongue. Ankle Bird. What's his name? What? John. He 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 has guests that fascinates me. And you know, you know, old uh, old Riley wrote this book, Killing Jesus. Oh, it's just going kabunkus crazy. Old Riley shouting all the way to the bank. Because the more it goes crazy, the more sales it gets. Anyway, John, he had, he had two of these, these high-learned high fellows. That's all they do is study the four Gospels. One of them, all he studies is Luke. One Gospel, just Luke. He studies how much of it is truth and so forth and so on. So far, he hasn't been able to prove any of it wrong. Every time he tries to prove something wrong, he just proves it's more truth. It's more of a fact. And he had them on to talk about O'Reilly's book, Killing Jesus. And he asked them what their thoughts was about it. And they both had read it. And they said, you know, we was amazed. One of them, he said, I started out and I was real, I was real skeptical. 
I really thought this is just a bunch of junk. He said, but the further I read, the more I found out, he knew more about what he was talking about than I thought he did. So then I got to the back of the book and said, I started reading his resources and said, both of us guys was in it. <laughs> now what you going to do? Well, the fact is, I didn't have to go through all that to realize Jesus is who he said he was. I don't have to prove it by scientific discovery that he hung on the cross. I felt it. I don't nobody have to prove to me he died for my sins because I knew it when he took them away. And I live under that banner of his glorious love every day. And I've seen people who have given their heart to God or who God reached out and pulled out of a terrible mess of sin. And if I hadn't believed it before, I'd have believed it then. I've seen people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If I hadn't believed it before they got it, I would have then. Because they're the last person on earth I expected to receive it. What are you saying? I'm saying we must rise high. Eagles are a mystery. You who go after God are confessing a mystery. You feel this way because you're called to go higher. You're not meant to set still. You're not meant to go nowhere. You're called to go higher and higher in God. Now since I've been so-called retired, I've fought several battles with this. Because one side of me, fleshly, wanted to slow down. I don't have the energy I used to have. I don't have the memory I used to have. I can't keep my thoughts in place. And so I stick close to my notes. You won't believe it, but there was a time I never used a note. I was one of them preachers that just had a whole folder full of them, but I'd preach without them. I had more then than people could take before I'd get through. And I'm about through. Don't get worried. <laughs> I know you old Cherry Street folks said, got Brother Rigney tonight, so they don't tell how long it'll be. <laughs> My show's coming on it. <laughs> oh, Lord. It did that said 32-7. Remember the old days. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders and they will explain it to you. There's only one thing that will keep you from flying higher. And that's loving something on earth more than you love something in heaven. Whew. I thought of that myself. That's the only thing that keep you from flying higher. You love things on earth more than you do things in heaven. Do you remember when you was young like these young people over here and you hadn't gotten married yet and you hadn't found the love of your life yet and you would be in church and they would be preaching and they'd talk about this kind of thing like I'm talking about tonight and you'd think to yourself, I hope the Lord don't come till later I get married. I want him to wait till I get married. I said that many times in church. Sometimes when I was just an old sinner wasn't even saved and I still said it. Because <laughs> they preach it, they preach it hot until... You felt like surely he'd come tomorrow. Whether I believe in him or not, he must be coming. Lord, I ain't got married yet. I don't know what it's like. 
I want him to wait till I got now. He's done waited all this time. And I've been married 53 years. I'm really ready for him to come now. I don't have to, I don't have to ask him to wait. There's a lot of things I enjoy on earth. But there's nothing I enjoy more than I enjoy Jesus. There's nothing I enjoy more than the thought of his coming. I mean, think about it. It's going to be awesome. Whoo! That's another sermon. I got to go on. Come to a close. Loving something on earth more than you love in the air. Little children, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 1 John 2.15. What is an idol? It's anything you love more than God. 1 John 5.21 says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Amen means let it be very, very so. And he tacks that amen on there. He tacks that amen on there. Come to the music, please, if you would. God's called you to a higher place. Singers, you come to. God's called us to a higher place. Fly higher for God and for yourself. For your son and for your daughters. This is the time. Not next week, not a year from now. This is the time to get freedom in the Lord as never before. You know what? Eagles reproduce eagles. Simple. Christians reproduce Christians. Simple. We must be laborers for the harvest of God. I'm aware of the times we live in, the times of our seasoning, season. But if you're traveling this road in neutral, you better kick her out of neutral and get her in some gear. You got to get it out of neutral. Let's don't do no more traveling in neutral. Let's go, 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 go. Let's get going for Jesus. Let's get in place for Jesus. Would you stand? Lord, there's nobody in this building you don't know. No matter where we stand, you know every one of us. You know everything. We believe that. You know every one of us. You know our heart. You know our hungers. You know our desires. You know our thirst. God, I'm so thirsty tonight for growth in you. I want to grow closer and closer to you. I want distance to be short between us and far between me and the world. I know that I have living in the world, but I'm not of this world. I'm just passing through. I'm a pilgrim. My desires are not in this world. They're in a world to come where I will be forever. Lord, if I knew something special I could say that would cause us to get hungry and thirsty for more of you, I would say it. I'm urging, Lord, us tonight to grow closer to you. I'm urging us tonight, Lord, to get hungrier for you, thirstier for you, Lord. 
Let me rise in the mornings with a hunger and a thirst on my heart for a close walk that day with you, Lord. Let me lay my head on the bed tonight, Lord, with a thirst and a hunger to go to sleep in Jesus, knowing that if you so come tonight, I have no worries. I will rise to meet you. You know all of our hearts. You can speak to us. Lord, you spoke to animals. I don't know of anything I hadn't read about you talking to. And you can surely talk to us, the creation you have made. Talk to us tonight. Instruct us what we need to do individually and as a church, as a body of believers, as well as individual families. I'm going to ask you tonight to, if you will, to come around the altars. You can kneel, stand, whatever you want to do. Sit on the front pew while they sing something appropriate. I want you to come and let's, let's seek God. Let's be honest. If we don't have a heart to seek God, let's just be honest and tell God, Lord, I don't have a heart to seek you. I want to. Give me a desire. If you're hungry for God, tell God, I'm hungry. I want to be filled, full. And the Bible said God will do it when we ask Him. He won't turn us away. Church, we're blessed. We have a wonderful church. God's blessed us with wonderful material things at this church. He's blessed us with wonderful spiritual things at this church. We have every reason in the world to surrender all to God tonight because he's been so good to us, so wonderful to us, so awesome to us. Would you come join me tonight? I don't care how long you pray or how short you pray, just long as it's sincere and honest. Young people, you can come as well. Pray for your friends, whatever's in your life. Let's, let's ask God to favor us tonight with a mighty move of his presence in our lives and our families.